Well, I can hear in the back of my head the ad tech people in my life going like, what the hell are you doing on a damn thing? We're never calling them. And then the New York Times people going like, you have no idea how hard we work every day to make you happy. And like literally everyone in the world is going, but all I want to do is just load my page and trundle along. Paul, I'm a huge fan of the New York Post. Don't read into that in terms of my political leanings or anything no, like no, that. No, you grew up in New York City. It's part of the city. I grew up in New York You also city. care about sports in New York City. I care about sports yeah. in New York City. The Post is just... They know media, really. They got some moles all do. over media. They do. You'd never lie to the Post. Just never. hang up the phone. So I see an article well, today. And the classic headline was Headless Body and Topless Bar. Right? That was the, you know, before <laughs> I mean, Murdoch bought it. It can't beat it. No, I mean, I mean it, it, it's part of the lore of that angle where New York City is just kind of a rough, unfeeling, but hilarious place. They don't know what a font is at the New York Post. No, and well, God I mean, bless them. I mean, if they ever refine those fonts, it's mm-hmm. the end of the post. It needs to be big and ridiculous. So look, we, we've been talking about doing a show where. We just look at what happens when you load a web page. Yeah, and I saw a headline today, Shrill de Blasio. Audio snafu turned New York City mayor into laughingstock at campaign event. All right, so you were thinking of the post. You saw it, you walked by. I, no, I saw the headline. Yeah. I clicked on it. And then 20 minutes later, I got 80 words. It's not that bad. It's, it's pretty bad. bad. Okay, but let's, let's be clear. I just loaded the homepage of the New York Post. It and, took it took a long. We got high speed internet. Here. And actually, let's be clear: the post is pretty optimum. It's not as bad as many sites. True. But let me tell you what happened when I loaded the post because I did a thing called inspect element. I don't know if those of everyone should inspect the element from time to time. That's where you you sort of option click or control click, and you, suddenly in your browser all these menu options pop up, and it lets you know what is happening. When the web page loads, you can look at the source code. You can still see the source of the web. I mean, it's worth noting. You're hitting the NewYorkPost.com domain. NYPost.com. Nice site. Actually looks pretty good. Classic New York site. Bunch of ads on it, which you'd expect. Let's take a guess. How many requests? How many items have to get loaded? It's one page, one web page. How many items? Items meaning images. Well, just things. JavaScript How many things? How many files? 70. 586. Okay, that's incredible. 586, and it takes about, it's about four or five megs, and it took seven seconds to load. So not bad. Okay, but like to be clear. To be clear, when you load, it's like, it's very quick for the content to come in, and then all this other stuff starts happening. Starts rolling in behind the content. This is the drama of the modern web page. I mean, we're picking on the post, right? Let's go look at, I mean, think of any other site. I mean, let's go a little more highbrow. The Atlantic. Ah, theatlantic.com. It's a classic. I'm going to inspect the element. Let's see what we got. I hit my network tab and, oh, no. Okay, we just broke 100 requests. Stops at a hundred. No, we're not done yet. Still going. No way we're done. 116 requests. So they've they've buttoned it up. About one-fifth as many as the post. <laughs> 500 is a hell of a number. <laughs> I mean, that's a New York Post number right there, right? What, what 500 tells me as a professional in the industry is like, we've had to make a lot of compromises. Yes. The thing is, is it's probably not the post loading all 500. The post is loading things that are then loading other things. 
Okay, so this is you're raising a point, an important point. Now, the images, maybe there's some video. Well, first maybe of, there's, is it all the coming page? from the post? The web no. So what's happening is the web page shows up, and that's powered by the content management system, right? Okay. And it's probably saved somewhere. That's called caching. And suddenly, boom, here's your web page. That's HTML. And then it says, hey, I know you like words. I can put that in HTML, but I bet you also like pictures. So why don't I go back to the server and get you some pictures? You ever go, your friend's like, hey, why don't you come over, have a beer? And you're like, okay, I'll come over. And then you go, and you're thinking you're going to get to hang with your friend. Sure. And then they open the door, and there are seven other people there. That's such a letdown, isn't it? It's such a letdown. You're not in the mood. You just were going to go hang out with your friend. You know what it is, though? What is dinner when you're like 22? It's like 14 people. Yeah. When you're in your 40s, dinner is like one and a half people. Like yeah, you just yeah, you just yeah. don't have it, it in you. Okay, anyway. so who are, who are all these other people in my, in the mix here? Well, Why can't I just have the article in the pictures? Let's stick with the Atlantic. You know, right. good wholesome Atlantic. Now I'm looking. I just organize things by file name, right? So I've got my homepage and my pictures and my you know like that's all good. I'm used to that. Now here over here, I have a link to something called Chartbeat. Okay, so let's let's establish a legit category here. Publishers, media companies, anybody with with commercial interest in a domain is probably putting analytics tools in the pages. They the, want to know what's doing well. And here's what's tricky, right? You put that in the front end of the way. You put a little pixel or you put in there's other ways to do it. A line of JavaScript. You drop or, some code on the front end and then instead of talking back to your server, it talks to somebody else's server. Correct. And this is how analytics work. It's how Google analytics work. This is how Google works, right? Like you're just, you're reporting back to their server and then you can go and look at the analytics that they produce. Who's visiting? Where are they visiting from? What kind, are they on their phone or are they on a computer? Uh, like all sorts of important information so you can make good decisions. So about here's a company called Chartbeat. We've hosted people from Chartbeat on this podcast before. And you are learning when you go to Chartbeat, you're seeing who's on the site right now, what, where they're coming from, what they're reading, how many people are looking at a given article, what's trending, what's not. It's almost like Twitter trending, but just okay. for one or so two So there's articles. Chartbeat, there's... Uh, and, and you know what? Chartbeat's great if I'm building the Atlantic.com because I'm like, oh my God, that article just had like 100,000 people show up. I better tweet it out and you know, again because mm-hmm. I can, you mm-hmm. know, clearly this, this is hot. Let me keep it going. Yeah. And, and your job is to like keep the fire yeah. lit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Chartbeat is a great tool for keeping the fire lit. Okay, so that's I'm okay with that. That's fine. Uh, so Chartbeat is in there, and there are others. Google Analytics does this, I'm not seeing, as real time. No, that's right. Well, actually, it's more and more real time. Okay. So, and what's interesting there, right, is like you put that Chartbeat code on your on the Atlantic.com, and it is calling back to Chartbeat. Uh, you don't know about that until you go to Chartbeat. Like, so it's interesting, yes. right? You made a system to publish the Atlantic. Chartbeat's got a big chunk of your analytics. Used to be way, way back in the day, you would like every time you'd hit a web server, it would log it and it, you'd go like, oh, well, here's who's been. But actually what's happened is everything There's got dashboards, atomized. dashboards, yeah. Everything's atomized. This is a huge part of our work. People are like, come set up a website for us post like, Come build our content platform or, you know, our this or our that. A lot of that work, a third of what we do when we build that is third-party integrations, yep. setting up your Google Analytics correctly. And then you want to instrument it because maybe you can find out that somebody hits the homepage and then they're way more yeah. likely to buy something if they look at the like pursuits page or whatever. And there are all, all kinds of tools out there. That's right. I mean, there's Mixpanel, there's uh, New Relic, there's all kinds of tools. Now I'm on the Atlantic, I have like 10 requests for things from Facebook. 
What's going on here? I'm well, not on Facebook. I didn't come in through Facebook. I mean, uh, Facebook I get it. knows you're looking at the Atlantic, though. Boy, does it. Facebook knows that you're checking this thing out. You know, and the way, the funny thing there is, it's almost like it happened subtly. You know, you want people to like an article, let's say, right? That's nice. Like this on, share this on Facebook. Well, how do you do that? You take Facebook's code for the share button. No, it's a snippet. Yeah, and it'll tell you how many people looked at the article. It's nice. It adds value to your site. Well, you're getting analytics from Facebook, mm. and in return, you're giving analytics to Facebook. And, and you're giving them knowledge about how many people are looking at your thing. Let's say this one explicitly. I and mean, a lot of people forget. They, they jump over this stuff because Facebook's watching everything, right? If you're logged into Facebook... And then not through Facebook, you open your browser and you hit theatlantic.com. Is it correlating that it is you, Paul Ford? I mean, um, frankly, how could it not? It is. Yeah, and because it's a it's, beautiful it's, way to triangulate on you and your interests and what you're doing. But also, this is how the web works, right? Like, you're not supposed to be able to know anything about anyone unless they visit your website. Like, The Atlantic might give me a cookie and it has my password and my information in it. Facebook doesn't get that cookie. Right. And nor when Atlantic drops Facebook pixels and, and, and stuff into its site does Facebook. I mean, like nobody really is supposed to know like your password and all this other secret stuff. Yeah, but we're learning a lot. We're, we're still learning a lot about you. We're learning You're, a lot. Paul is really into world politics. It's not hard, hard to pull off. Facebook will add that to their, your profile, to, your, to their understanding of you. That is real. If you hit The Economist and then hit art, a couple of articles on the Mets, Facebook is going to set, is they're going to triangulate on exactly your, after a while, except for the darker things you do in incognito mode, Facebook is, I mean, is going to know who you are and what you're interested in. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is real. And then, you know, there, Unless are, there, there are ways to, to block it. it, but their, their deal is fundamentally, Hey, if you, you know, we're going to deliver some value to the Atlantic in the form of traffic and likes and driving people back to the Atlantic. And, you know, you want your Atlantic articles to display well on Facebook when people paste them in. So give us some information there. And then on the way yep. back out, it's be, a handshake make, deal. Make it easy to sell to people who like both world politics and the Mets because you went to the Atlantic.com and you went that's to the right. Mets.com and there were social share buttons. And look, I mean, that's worth like hundreds of billions of dollars if you do it right, turns out. Yeah, I think where it's been, it's been kind of, and this is where GDPR is stepping in, right? They're essentially saying, be transparent about this. Look, I am part of a transaction that you've made. But nobody told me about the deal. Like, yeah. I'm, I am the currency. I'm inside that currency. That's right. Like, I'm part of the deal, but nobody told me about the deal. And what that means and is GDPR that... GDPR is essentially like... And nobody... Everybody's just clicking accept now. They don't even know what that is anymore. That's the thing. Everything, it's just sort of like... It, accept. Yeah, I'll accept your cookies. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're cookies. Who I know. not like cookies? That's the thing. It's like, I'm, I They're feel delicious. like a child. Mmm, more cookies? <laughs> All, All right, right, so let's not, getting weird. Uh, we don't have to dwell on Facebook, right? No, no, no. <laughs> but now, take me to i.clean.gg. Now, I do this sometimes. I take the URL and I hit the website. Yeah, let's go and see what i.clean.gg is. i.clean.gg. This is something the Atlantic loads. Page not found, except it's a page not found. It's definitely a live web server. Let's go take a look and just see what i.clean.gg. Pick out the i. Do you get anything mm, back? No, you know. Oh, it's Google. Oh, no. i.clean.gg. Let's Why? see. Yeah, those are our Why friends at Google? Google. Why can't they just be straight about it? 
It appears on 22words.com, Zero Hedge, Snopes, How Stuff Works. Does anyone know what this is? No, I don't know what this is. What, like, see, purpose here. Why can't I just get the purpose of what this? What is the .gg domain? Now, you know, for people who don't always listen, like, if you're listening to this podcast, this is literally what Rich and I are like when we're just trying to figure out the world. By the way, if you're waiting for that proposal and wondering why it's taking a day too long, it's because we're doing this. Oh, it's from the Bailiwick of Guernsey. That's the GG domain. Obviously, the Atlantic needs to load in the Bailiwick of Guernsey. Uh, but it's being appropriated by Google. Listen, yeah, Well, sure. I mean, I would love to have a dot Bailiwick of Guernsey. Uh, it's from the channelisles.net. 22 years of Guernsey-related IP addresses. My um, goodness gracious. We're down. So this is the thing. So we don't know what it's for. We, we, went, we actually no. don't know. It's, it's doing something for it's, Google. And it's we don't binary know. data that appears to be coming from Mountain View, California, and it seems to be owned by Google, according to urlscan.io. But one never knows what the hell is really going on. Uh, it does point to googleusercontent.com. This is related to Google Ads. Like right. that's, yeah. But we are, like I said, way down the rabbit hole. Let's uh, see what else we got. What else we got? There's a CDN, a, a content delivery network. That's a good thing. Okay. That is, uh, hey, the Atlantic, when you publish articles, put the picture all around the world on different servers so that it gets downloaded a lot faster. Fair. Great. And now I got, lot, I got stuff from the Atlantic. I got lots of CDN stuff. Doing good. Expand out the domain thing so we can yeah, see. Yeah, hold on. You're right. Yes. Oh, okay. You know what I just found, Rich? Yeah. Scroll.com. Who's that? Okay, that's our friend Tony Hale. And okay. Scroll is a... It's trying to go scrape up some pennies across content on the web and give it back to the writers. Yeah, drop this in and we'll get people to give some money. We'll give some money back to you. And mm-hmm. then we're going to like, if somebody is logged in and has a Scroll account, we're going to give them this experience over here. Got it. Okay, okay, so that's that's not crazy. No, I'm that's okay a certain. That. So that's really actually kind of interesting when you think about it, because what it means is the Atlantic is allowing people to. There's a service on top of the Atlantic, and when mm-hmm. you go to their website, yep, and it's literally good for scroll. It's called Check, is the name yep. of the file. So I connect.scroll.com and Check is the file. Uh-huh. That is a good like. I know what that's doing. It's yep. checking to that's, see if I have a scroll. A little, yeah, I mean, no one will ever decipher this, but go ahead. No, but still. Okay, so we got some more. We got a, a thing from the Atlantic called API slash user country. That's letting me know that the Atlantic would like probably like to know where I'm living. Okay. You can intuit a lot of this. And then, ooh, prebid.js. That's some ad tech. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's about bidding for... Um, Oh, God, I can't even explain it. I don't even want to try. Don't do it. Just go look for a big chart yeah. somewhere of just about anything. Could be like the water cycle and say, I think that's internet advertising, yeah. and it works fine. And now we're getting somewhere. We got Amazon ads, secure pub ads. But no, to be clear, they're not ads. Thank you. That is a very good point. These are JavaScript files that load in, and then other points on the page might say, hey, if you got an ad, put it here. And then everything runs and when they when I the think, page. Yes. And and here's I think what we've learned is that people jumping around on the web, the value of sort of getting even a glimpse of what you're into is incredibly high. Well it's incredibly high. You're to, not to, incredibly valuable, but millions of people are incredibly valuable. Yes. You're worth a couple pennies, but if I add up those pennies and I have a hundred or two hundred right. or three hundred million people That's right. and they're each worth a couple pennies to me because I can say to an advertiser, I know you want to sell Tide Extreme. I do want you to look up two more. Can okay. you scroll up a bit? Yeah, let's go. 
Well, let's go to Kiwi.co because it's just too much. Okay. There's one here called pixel.kiwi.co, Rich. And this is, it's a very short file and it's a picture. So let's click on it and see what happens. It's one by one. Okay. It is one pixel on the whole screen. And so whatever that's doing on the Atlantic, this is important for people to know. A lot of things that get passed around the web are exactly one by one pixel. They're the tiniest possible image. They are. They're to track what you're doing. And, mm. and you know what it is? You got to keep in mind, you're a publisher. You get sold a lot of stuff. Well, you're trying to make that. You're trying to make you're that trying, money. Yeah. You're in and trouble you're like, all look, the I time. I can give you. You'll check out this dashboard, dude. Yeah. It's in 3D. And you're like, I remember there was a point where I worked at a publication and, and somebody was like, yeah, it's payday loans, but yeah. come on. Yeah. And and we had just published a long article about how payday loans are very bad. <laughs> you know, the other thing is, is that you know that there's a lead engineer on the thing where business comes over and says, could you just drop this one in too? Yeah, And, and if they're on like the 50th one, but they're like, oh, okay. You know what I would really like though? If you see one of these things and you go to the website that points to it, for it to say, this is a website for advertising that is brought to That's you right. by blah, blah, blah. That's everything right. is Transparency. A, everything is sneaky and blank, and that is just grisly, and that's yep. bad. That's a that's bad right. use of the web. And I think that that's the tackiest damn thing advertising does, is it doesn't give you any information about where this came from, who, what it's about. Transparency is Literally, what you're talking about. And not about. just a one-pixel transparent GIF, but actual transparency. Yep. And here you are. Let's look at some, what other sites should we look at? Like a real commercial, like a gossipy one, like wet paint. Wet paint. Yeah. Is wet paint still around? Let's see if it's still around. I bet it is. Ooh, here we go. Trending. Kylie Jenner, baby, Cardi B, death threats, videos. Okay. Let's, let's reload. I'm actually intrigued by these headlines. Well, I know. Look, there's a reason these sites are very, very popular. Oh, 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 wow. This is okay. Not, not 500 like the New York Post. Oh, still coming though. You know, what's funny is it feels like seven seconds. Everybody's landing at around seven seconds. We have, I mean, it's worth noting. We have like business level, extremely fast internet right now where we are. It's true. We are, we are killing it in terms of internet. That was my goal when we came in here because we'd been in a different office where the internet wasn't as good. I said, I need to feel it on my skin. That's gross. You know what, though, Rich? More of the same. Yeah? There's no surprises here. You're going to talk to CDNs and... Well, I mean, there's a couple of things worth pointing out, first of all. The speed of the experience is material. I think I give a site, if I'm seeing it's blank for about four seconds, I might leave. Well, everybody's optimized on mobile or they've switched to Google AMP for mobile. Even with that, dude, if there's a delay, and there can be delays for a lot of different reasons. There's always delay, too. There's always delay. I've got this thing going out. Whenever I try to move over from Twitter, it takes like five seconds, and i got to go back and then hit it again. Like, something's weird. Something's weird. That's broken. That is bad usability. I mean, that is 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 bad. Ad networks in general, because literally when there was no product to show, like there was no content... Yeah. They've had to adapt and get faster themselves. You no longer can just like say, screw it, your page doesn't matter. Yes. Because otherwise you can't deliver your ad. It's too bad it works this way. I think it's gross. I think if there was a way, I think, look, the browsers also, I think, are putting their arms out a little bit. And there's a little bit. And Google has this tortured, tortured conflict of oh, interest yeah. Google here. is just cannot. It's, it's all these people. Yeah. Firefox trying. is leading the way. Safari is close behind mm-hmm. because their interests, their, their, their commercial interests are less aligned. Right. And then Google's got Chrome, which is a killer browser. And it just kills them. Yeah. They just because for, for Google to make the web better, they have to murder Google. 
but it, it, I think it's just gone too far, and it, it does eventually start to backfire because I'm using Firefox now, and boy, is it fast because it's not letting a lot of this garbage in. It's right from the get-go. And the truth you know, is, like, well, that's not fair. You're blocking ads. I'm like, no, these are not ads we've been walking through on this podcast, dude. This is not ads. Yeah. This isn't like a handbag photo that I can click on. This is stuff to amass and to essentially compile a better picture of who I am. For ad networks and for Google and for social. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it really is sort of like what you're denying isn't always the ad impression. You're denying them the ability to figure out what you're interested in. Insights. And frankly, we understand the ad transaction. That transaction doesn't have the the cultural currency or not. Like, I, we don't even talk about that. Everybody's like, well, if you don't click on the ads, how are we going to make a living? But it's like, no, that's not it. We're way past that. Yeah, it's like, if I don't give up a portion of my privacy... How are you going to resell my attention to giant platforms? Exactly. Like you can't, when you're talking about privacy and you go there, people can't hack that. That's too complicated. I don't even understand it half the time. Can I plug something that's sort of this wonderful example of transparency? Yeah. Wirecutter. Do you know how Wirecutter works? Wirecutter is owned by the New York Times. That's right. It didn't used to be, but it's affiliate revenue. They say it. They're like, you click on it through here. I'm going to make a little money if you buy this razor from Amazon. You know what? Okay, can I go meta for a sec? Go. The web started out as a way to deliver documents, really. It was like, let's get some, you know, and, and like to make the local Rolodex available. And so... It's still, those are the roots. Like, oh, we got to get our newspaper and we got to get our, our blog up and we got to get our stuff up. Over time, the web has evolved into an application delivery platform. It's for software. A browser is software for delivering software. It is not software for delivering documents. Documents have become like second-class citizens. Yeah. And so what's happened is you got- Trojan horse. I mean, exactly. No yeah. people, and one page is worth a couple pennies. You know, yeah. that's the problem. So people are publishing and publishing and publishing. The nice thing about publishing online is it really doesn't take a lot of knowledge. No. You need to be able to write. I mean, you have to have knowledge about what you're writing about, but like you put the words in the box and you hit publish and it goes live. And yeah. we're, we're pretty much, we've been there for like 15 years now. You can do that anytime. And just right? about, you any, don't even need to stand up a server. There's anybody can services. do that and it costs dollars. But all the money and all the energy has gone towards these platforms that do things like put ads on the system or make search possible like Google or or Facebook, which is like we're going to keep an eye on everybody and then we're going to sell access to their interests. And we're kind of in the the middle and in some ways it feels like the tail end of that transition. You think we're going to step back and just behave ourselves a little bit? I mean, Europe's trying to do it with GDPR. and Well, first of all, I think you're just seeing media companies die. So that's bad. You see, I think you're seeing it at some level. The ad networks are kind of like they're going. They have to comply. Everybody has to comply with GDPR. Things have to get faster. You're seeing Google do stuff like AMP, which gets a lot of like very serious. Web oh, tell everyone what AMP is. AMP is a like kind of a subset and a superset of HTML that is optimized for mobile, right? So instead of the big loaded up. Mm-hmm. desktop size page you get an amp page and it, and it also like it makes sure that the ads load real fast the pictures load fast and the way that it does a lot of this too like on the html side is it saves it on google server so when you search and then it shows up on fast. the carousel on the top of the page and yeah all these other things now starting to get in the desktop and they're yeah. oh good yeah. this is all great from a user point of view in some scenarios 
but it certainly isn't like the truly open, unbalanced web uh, or balanced no. web no, that no, no. Google's. But it is Google it's, favoring its own format. It's Google insinuating itself into sort of the fundamentals of the piping. And Google's like, well, we tried to make an open standard here. You know, we really did, and, and you guys didn't step up and make your own caches. And it's just, yeah. it's the different. It's like literally just a planet-sized entity talking to lots of you know trees, and yeah. the trees are like, please don't crash into me. I mean, we're kind of gravitating towards a theme here which is a lot of this is powered by the sort of macro interests of google amazon and facebook absolutely without a doubt which is kind of you know you and i come back to regulation is probably the only way out for a lot of things like yeah because it's at such a scale that you know someone raising their hand and saying please mr google you'll find five thousand people who agree with you at google yeah right it's just so damn big and so what i think when you're looking at this stuff you're seeing it go from, you know, we're going to publish pages on the internet to we deliver software to users through the internet. And the pages are almost getting, they're just getting subsumed by that. Yes. The reason for this stuff to exist is so it can deliver ad technology. Yeah. And that is riding along with content. My dream, which I don't think will ever come true, but I still hold out hope, content can, can get 100 million people to pay attention. Like, it's just, there's nothing like it. People want news and they love information and pictures and things Of course, like they always will. If the media could ever understand itself as a software delivery platform and truly claim that, then, my God, if you could say, hey, instead of yeah. running your ad, I'm going to run this little app that I think people want to use, mm-hmm. I could deliver you software while you're reading an article. Yeah. Right? And where that ends up is you see things like interactive data visualization, and look, you know, here we go, right? Because I don't, like, do I want my to-do list to be embedded in the New York Times? Probably not. <laughs> do I want to read my email through the post? You know, I, it's like, we dabbled with that years ago. Everybody yeah. did. And that's, I don't think that that's the plan either. But nonetheless, media is the, the most efficient software delivery mechanism for getting software into billions of hands. I, I don't I, think people are thinking of it that no, way just yet. That's used for ads. Yeah. The ads are the software. Yeah, And so right. to me, that's always where I, like, my head just goes back to that. But you know what we should do before we end this? Mm. Let's go look at the New York Times. So here we go. We started with the post, 500 different uh, ads. Okay, here we go. Mm, okay, we're up to this. 80 requests, 104, 109. Stopped at about 112. No, still going. Yep. Same damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's different on this this old internet. Uh, yeah. It is New York Times and and image caches and lots of uh, links to Amazon and blue. I mean, look, this is an underground economy. Yeah, this data it, and the information that's flowing underneath these articles is, is an underground tricky. economy. It's really not. We're like there are huge, huge companies invest like billions and billions of dollars. Media Math and Google and and Blue Kai and all these like are focused on this world. But what's funny is that the world. It's almost like there's that arbitrary split between the business side and the editorial side and media. Like there is that no one's no one on the hitting hitting submit in the CMS side is really supposed to know too much about all those ads. No, it's the business. It's the business. And yeah. so there is that whole world is huge and vast and has unbelievable amounts of money. And uh, when you hit publish, who knows? Do, who you, knows? do you have your right to install these tools that block all this nonsense out? Frankly, yeah. I mean, I, like, I just think deep down at a certain level, I have a right to control the experience that a network is sending to me. Now, if the network says, unless you look at these, I, like, I, don't, I don't think I've ever opted into terms of service for the New York Times. 
No, if you're a subscriber, you probably That's do. not a media relationship, right? I don't have to look at every ad. That's clockwork orange shit. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right? But even beyond that, I think all bets are off. I think if you're going to pump 110 requests into an article. Or 500. Or 500. I think all bets are off, to be frank. I just, uh, you know, also just like, yeah. I mean, Firefox. Did you ever use anything to like specifically block stuff? Or to I try? used uBlock for a long there's time. U-block. There was yeah. Privacy Badger. Privacy Badger is ghostery. Yeah, so these are tools you can download and you can see what's happening. I'm looking at the actual logs here, like a big nerd, but there are ways, like, these things will be like, hey, it looks like your privacy is being invaded. These ways. It's very helpful. I want to do this. I'm going to hit a New York Times article with Firefox. All right, do it. You ready? I'm ready. I have 53 requests. So wait, I use Firefox, but I don't have content blocking on. Because okay. I like to give the New York Times all of my money for the subscription. I write for the New York Times. And this way, I get to see all the ads about, like, Cisco. That I might ever need to see. Or HBO. Yeah. I have content blocking on set to strict by default across the internet. Strict by default is, is probably your, your, that'll be on your gravestone. Much less requests is on yeah. my gravestone. Yeah, no, yeah. Mine is like, go ahead, just shove it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I say I'm for these tools. I think all bets are off. Transparency is a positive thing. It is so hard to remain fully conscious of the technology and software you are consuming in 2019. Just, uh, just open wide. Yeah, it's the title Here of this podcast. Open wide and, open and eat, w- it's eat your cookies. But what's that? What's the country? What's the GG? GG. It's the, uh, the bailiwick of Guernsey. Good job, Google. <laughs> they probably bought the country. Yes. Um, yes. Or the bailiwick. Google probably owns multiple bailiwicks. As you can see, Paul, we think a lot about these kinds of things. We think about the user. We think about the business. We do think you can ship great software. If you need us and you want software built, we're a kick-ass digital product studio based here in New York City. We've we're- done many a good ad ops integration, in fact. <laughs> let's call it for what it yeah, is, let's man. Be clear. That's the job. Oh, while we were talking, the Times just loaded another thing called tags.bkrtx.com. Don't go there. I'm going to go check it out. But if you need us, hello at postlight.com. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.